do 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 here we go my name's todd and this is kathy welcome back to another episode of zen parenting radio this is podcast number i'm pulling it up right now 711 it's oops oops uh 711 i'm a little off so if i'm off today 7 11. And you know what they do on 7-Eleven? I think you get free Slurpees, free Slurpees. at 7-Eleven on 7-Eleven. Do they ever run out that day? Uh, possibly. Um, um, speaking of companies running out of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, we had a graduation party yesterday and we got balloons. And there's a lot of people that were a little perturbed because they walked in wanting to get balloons at the balloon store. And they're like, nope, you can't get balloons because you have to pre-order balloons because it's graduation weekend. And uh, also sometimes we love Krispy Kreme donuts. And sometimes Krispy Kreme says, sorry, we you can't have any donuts, even though they sell donuts, because they're like, you got to pre-order donuts. You got to order them online. So basically what the first story you told, you said you need balloons. You went to the balloon store. Yeah. And said, and I had pre-ordered them, so Todd just got to take them and leave. But there were people in line, like out the door saying, blow up these balloons. And they're like, we will not do that. Yeah. So the invitation is to any operational managers out there, uh, increase capacity. Uh, buy more balloons, or maybe they're trying to push people to mobile orders, or because like you I might be pushing people, but there's yeah, I mean well, maybe I go you know if I'm driving through McDonald's like you know to get a iced tea or sometimes we get breakfast there yeah I will pull it and the first thing they say is do you have a mobile order mm-hmm. I'm like no I'm in the drive through at McDonald's I don't have a mobile order yeah well the whole pre order McDonald's seems very strange to me that's what I mean that's why I'm using it as an example because yeah. why would I I'm sorry I'm messing with my hair my hair's wet and I have these you should have put a hat on like me you always mess with that one strand well it's because I got I, I you got, should just cut that strand off no. and that way it won't be in your eyes Todd doesn't know what curtain bangs are and there's and it's I know what curtains are I know anyway basically going back to the mobile order things it's just sometimes a lot easier to order things ahead of time than to expect to go into a store and ask for what you need. But that's your whole point is, isn't that weird? Yeah. Because usually that's what we do. Right. We go into a store and say, can I buy this? But literally, to Todd's point, we, we had another party on Friday. We had a lot of parties this weekend. Lots of parties. And I had to pick up balloons for that party. And I... um went in and the person in front of me brought in a handful of balloons. Like they were numbers or something. It was probably a birthday party and set them on the counter and said, okay, I need these blown up. And they're like, we can't do that. And she's like, well, what do you mean? Yeah. You have the helium. You just got to put this on the little thing and you're uh, a balloon store and then press go. I know. Um, Okay. So we are going to talk about three things. One is um, we're going to actually let's instead Talking about what we're going to talk about. How about we just talk about Let's it? Let's just talk about what we're going to talk about. Uh, um, we have this thing called Team Zen. Mm-hmm. I want to say hi to a few brand new Team Zen members who actually get a um, either a T-shirt or fuzzy socks from us. So if there's anybody out there that likes T-shirts or fuzzy socks, go ahead and sign up for Team Zen. It's 25 bucks a month. Can't beat it. I want to say hi to Mary Ellen from Crystal Lake and Tammy from Madonna Beach, California. Thanks for joining the team. Um, and two other quick things about uh, Zen Parenting is we now have this ability for you to gift a Team Zen membership, whether it's for one month or three months or 12 months, and you want to, you think somebody might enjoy being on the team, um, I'll put the link in the show notes so that you can buy a gift card for somebody. You literally, you it's it's so cute. Todd and Brad, our tech guy, made it, and it's like a literal gift card, and you can send it to them, just like Amazon, or you can print it, mm-hmm. and you just, you know, like Todd said, it can be, here's a month of Team Zen, give it a try, um, or even a year. Yeah. 
Um, and the other thing is uh, we're working on our YouTube page. Um, we had to start together. over for a lot of different reasons. So we're um, reintroducing our YouTube page. And that link is going to be in the show notes here. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, I should subscribe to that or like it or whatever. And they'll forget by the end of the show. So go ahead and just pause the podcast, do a search for or just click on the link in the show notes and just subscribe. That way you get all these little clips of Kathy and I. Um, and then you can also get the full shows. You know, Ted, I got to be honest. Sure. I am not a YouTube person. I know when not. I say that, I like that we're on I YouTube. Am. But Todd gets, so I scroll through um, TikTok or Twitter to, you know, get information and Todd gets YouTube stuff. Well, that's how I get my White Sox highlights. Yeah. That's how I get my pickleball instructional videos. Yes. And then let me just pull up my YouTube page. I'll tell oh, you what shows have up. To? Yeah, this is going to be really interesting to all the people yeah, out there. Yeah, because this is not a visual medium. Um, it says this is because what these algorithms do is they send you come stuff. out with ideas mm-hmm. that they think might be interested in. And the second one is fix Achilles tendonitis. Guess who's got Achilles tendonitis? Guess who's? And then the next one is Fargo chit chat. Uh, the we movie doing Fargo. Fargo. I'm just going to do it just because it's so funny. Remember this part, sweetie? What do I look like? And I says, well, what do I look like? I don't arrange that kind of thing. And he says, but I'm going crazy out there at the lake. And I Remember that scene? I do. Guys? She's interviewing him. Yes. So anyways, um, so subscribe to our YouTube page. But on Team Zen, I posted something on our community page. And this is what I said. In today's virtual class discussion, so we had a um, virtual class slash discussion on raising healthy sons. Mm -hmm. We thought it might be a good idea to have space to list positive male role models in pop culture. Here were my suggestions, along with a handful of other suggestions. So I'm saying this to all of the moms and the dads who have sons, and it's a great way to engage in a conversation with them. Uh, By the way, did you want to plug in your your computer? Are you feeling okay? No, no, I think I have plenty. Okay, good. Um... So you tell me if you've heard of these people, so sweetie. Can I step back? Because sure. sometimes when you're talking, you're in your own stream of consciousness. Imagine so basically, that. I know. So I'm sometimes... not going to be in yours, sweetie. I'm going to be in my own. <laughs> well, what I mean is, you're talking as if people know what you're talking about. I do the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, but basically, Todd had this class that he taught on our Team Zen platform. So we teach classes on Team Zen, and they're not even classes; they're discussions. No. We're le- we lead a discussion. We lead a discussion. It's not like we have a curriculum, but we're leading a discussion on raising healthy sons. And then afterwards, he posted in our Team Zen because we have. A, an app and so basically it's like you know Facebook or Insta you can scroll through and, and read or Twitter or whatever and he said um, what are the role models for our boys these days because one thing I this is why I'm saying this Todd and I can come up with a lot of male role models but they're aged out mm-hmm. like meaning you know you, you're not going to say to a 17 year old boy you know why don't you be more like Tom Hanks mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know it's an old guy to them yeah. so Todd is putting out there who are today's Male role models. And who'd you get? Pedro Pascal. Yes, that was my suggestion. He was the Mandalorian, but he's also on another show that I don't watch. What's the other show that everybody watches um, that we the, don't watch? The, the one with the... Yeah. I got to The one with Pedro up. Pascal. This is not, it, I was going to say this is us. Terry Crews from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay, Lin-Manuel good. Miranda, who wrote Hamilton. Yeah. Barack Obama, who I'm a big fan of. Correct. Um, somebody said Prince. Now, Prince is interesting because he's obviously old and dead, but he... <laughs> <laughs> That's a good selling point. But He's he, uh, I remember when he showed up on the scene, he was not what most people thought of when it comes to rock star. Well, he's, he's a, not gender. He's not gender conforming. I like put him in that. Yeah. You know, he, again, I'm not saying their music is the same, but like Bowie, 
you know, or Harry Styles. Like they, they don't, they have a really eclectic, um, you know, rhythm or not rhythm, <laughs> look. Nice. You know the long version? Of course. I don't know the long version. Can they just get into the good part? No, because this is this is so Prince, this part. Like, you know when you hear this, this is Prince. Yeah. I've never heard this version. It's pretty good. He's funky. Just, just another minute. I'm enjoying this. Whenever I think of Prince, I think of that the thing he did for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame oh. when he did the cover for While My Guitar Gently, Gently Weeps. Weeps. Yeah. If you ever want to see a person <laughs> command stage presence. Because every other amazing guitar player was on the stage with and them. And nobody was looking at anybody <laughs> else. Because I think he was wearing this purple suit and this red hat. And it was quite amazing. Well, and he just had, like, I know they come out with lists of the best guitarists of all time and everything, and I don't know where he falls he's, on that list. He's up there for sure. But people, I've, you know, interviews that I've heard before, people are like, we can't touch that. Mm-hmm. Like, it, because it's not just about how well he plays. It's his own sound. Like, you know, when that was going on the Raspberry Beret thing, he has this sound where you're like, I know that's a Prince song. And then he also, on the stage... He, it, it's like the guitar becomes like part of his body. Yes. It's really amazing. And by the way, I never saw Prince in concert, Me which neither. is so unfortunate. Totally. I mean, that is I'll one. I'll bet you he crushed it in oh. concert. Well, I have friends who did because they were from Minneapolis, you mm-hmm. know, so a lot sure. of people who lived there got to see him and. Yep. Uh, um, okay. Continue my list. Okay. Uh, Ted Lasso. Yes. Good one. And everybody on that show, really. Yes. You know. Uh, Prince Harry. Yes. Oh, yeah. Will Tennyson. I don't know who Will Tennyson is. Neither do I. Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Steve Kerr. Yes. Steve Kerr's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do this one. Um, this one's Keanu Reeves. Keanu. And I'm just going to play. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> this is him and Colbert. Hold on. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> So what he just asked him, Steve Colbert asked him, what happens when you die? And it's like a 10-second clip. But this is his authentic, non-thinking-about reaction. And just the way... I just love Keanu Reeves. Okay. So here we go. I know that the ones who love us will miss us. So Colbert has this questionnaire, what happens when you die? And he just... And you could hear, like, the tears in his voice. Like, it's an emo... At least for me... He is such a heart-centered human being. What a great answer, because any other answer doesn't make sense because we don't know. Yeah. 
So basically all he can answer that from is from the living perspective and what we know for sure is that people who love us will miss us. Boom. Love. Uh, well, and Keanu has a reputation for being the guy that gives up his seat on the subway, the guy that gives money, the guy that helps helps people when he's passing by. He's got an everyman reputation. Yeah. yeah. So I and, you know, because he's John Wick, I think mm-hmm. he's kind of important to this generation, too. Yeah. Um, and then last two, a guy named Peter A-T-T-A-T-I. Yeah, he's he's some smart psychologist guy. Okay. Um, Brad put that one up. And then uh, Elaine, who's part of the team, she replied in the... So it's just so you guys know, Team Zen is kind of like Facebook without the Facebook. You know, I posted this thing and then everybody commented on it. Elaine asked her 15-year-old son, she said, he couldn't think of any of one person really that I actually know. He could think of traits of other people I want to have. So we talked about those traits and the people he thought embodied them in some way. He did mention Steph Curry, another TikTok baseball coach named Coach RAC, whoever that is, and his path strength trainer he used to see twice twice weekly. It felt reassuring to me that he had language around some of this. Not that his job is to reassure me, but as a parent, it's nice to know there are thoughts of substance in these teens' boys' heads. And he mentioned that being a kid is tough because adults that are men in general are disappointing. Oh, that is so... Oh, that's so hard to hear. Right? And I know it's true. I'm not saying it's not true. No, it is true. I think that that, the thing when we get so wrapped up in things like winning and losing and political things and we're like, that guy's, you know, taking this person down or I won or you're, you're, what we're showing kids is such a bullying, um, negative viewpoint of what adults do. And I, you know, sometimes when I'm walking through the world or, you know, just, we just spent so much time with people this weekend, Todd and I did. And everyone was amazing. Mm -hmm. And people are so amazing. And then I'll go on Twitter and I'll be like, who are these? What's happening here? I'm not saying I've never run into these situations. Obviously, I'm not oblivious, um, you know, especially what I do for a living. You know, like I know. But I'm also like, why why are these things held up as being things we want our, you know, kids to watch? It's just brutal. Um, And then the last set are, uh, they said, any of the guys from Parks and Rec? Mm. Andy, Ron, Chris... Yeah. Maybe even Jerry. Yeah. We could say that about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. We could say that about The Good Place. Tom. We could say that about, you know, uh, these shows that are written in a way that people have a heart. Yeah. You know? What's funny is uh, Person Rec is such an old show now. I know. It's so outdated. Crazy. So old. So um, we're going to quickly pivot to another piece that Kathy and I sometimes do called Ask Us Anything. Okay. We don't do, I don't do a good job of promoting it. So I just want everybody to know that there is a link and I'll post it in these show notes. If you have a question and you want Kathy and I to maybe answer it on the show or maybe in a Zen talk. um, Well, let me say that differently. Yeah, yeah. If you want us to answer it on the show, you can go there and ask us anything. If you want to do that more consistently, then join Team Zen and then you can ask on a Zen talk. And you can do it live too, whereas this is pre-recorded. Yeah. So Kathy has not heard this. And what's interesting about this question is initially I'm like, okay, I know exactly where we're going to go with this question. Uh, but she kind of comes full circle. It's about 45 seconds. Um, but Oh, it's it, a recording. Yeah, it's a okay, recording. Good. Yeah, so it, you can email us or there's also an option to do SpeakPipe where yes. you tell us. And that link will be in the show notes of this podcast you're listening to right now. All right, let's hear it. Hi, Kathy. I talk. I'm on a healing journey and I'm also a mother of a five-year-old. I find motherhood is quite challenging and my five-year-old notices it. Mm. So how can I talk to her and even ask for her support? 
uh, at her level. And I want to do that in a way without compromising her sense of safety and absolutely not asking her to parent me. Mm. Uh, but just to be a role model and also like practically uh, get support from her. So ask her to play independently while I have a rest. Thank you. I love that question. It's a beautiful question. And honestly, that kind of came up this weekend, didn't it, Todd? I was talking with someone who was asking questions yeah. about this. So uh, before you kind of jump into okay. what your two cents is, first thing I was like, oh, this lady, you, we should never ask for support from our kids because we're the parents and they're the kids and all that. But just the way she frames the question, she's already on this self-awareness journey. Like mm-hmm. the fact that she's asking it through this lens of, I don't want my kid to think that she has to take care of me and well can i just jump sure. in so then you can continue yeah, yeah. but then right away i wrote down on a piece of paper is just change the word support to understanding yeah there you Th- go. that's all you have to do it so keep going but think about it in terms of instead of support you're looking for her understanding well and what's so yeah that's totally true because i i, I loved her example and her example is how about a little independent yeah. play so i mm-hmm. could chill out for 15 right. minutes or a half hour yeah. Because that's not the kid parenting no. us. That's the kid taking care of themselves for a bit so mom can recharge her battery. And having an understanding of other human beings' yes. you know, needs. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that's all I got. Well, that that's exactly where I was going to go was that um, the, the thing about – this actually launches into the other stuff we were going to talk about. Let's okay, go. So let's just interconnect it all. So <clears> – <throat> In answer to the question, and I'll try and like be focused on this and then I'll broaden it out with the other questions that we've gotten, is that to be, to role model, like what it means to be a human being and to be a good support system for our kids, um, they need to see all the different layers of what it means to be a human being. Yeah. And I don't mean you need to act it out or pretend it. There's nothing inauthentic just about allow them the to ask- show up the way they show up. Exactly. It's just to be a human being. And what that means is sometimes as a human being, even with the great love you have for your daughter and you love playing with her and being with her, there are times that you're tired and you need to be alone. Or there's times that you're tired and you may be with her, <clears throat> excuse me, but she needs to be maybe watching a show or playing a game or doing a puzzle or reading a book, you know, that that you get to, you know, I'm saying this to all parents, you get to introduce your children to this is what, when I feel this way, this is how I engage. When I'm struggling, this is what I ask for. When I'm tired, I rest my body. When I need help, I ask for it. The The clarification, the needing help, we don't ask our children to help us, meaning we don't say, I'm struggling, kid, help me. But we do say in the home, I will need your help because you are a community member in this home. So when we are cleaning up the books, I need your help because this is your book and it only makes sense for you to clean up your book because why would I clean up your book? This is your book. Like, And you don't say that, and again, listen to my tone. You don't say like, it you know, doesn't make sense, clean up your own yeah. stuff. You're like, doesn't it make more sense that when you take a book out, you put a book away? It's well, just how- a really clean... It, it, there's nothing in it that's that's difficult to understand. How you say it from what energy is, Correct. is more, more important than the words that you choose. And so then going back to your question is instead, again, I'm going to say it again a number of times just so everyone gets it. Instead of asking for her support or to be somebody who like gets you and puts their arm around you and says, yes, mom, take a nap. You are instead teaching her to understand you. And she, because she's five, is not always going to get it. 
you're going to say sometimes, I really need to rest. And she's going to wake you up five times. <laughs> and and that is a strength. That, that's a muscle we build as parents is that we understand that we are asking for things that a five-year-old may not completely understand, but you got to look at it in terms of this is a building block, that I am not going to never ask for time to rest or or say, now I'm going to lay down and rest. You're not saying to your child, hey, kid, can I rest? Is that okay with you? Because a five-year-old most of the time is going to be like, no. No, if, it, if it's, it's going to compromise my ability yeah. to play with you, mom, there's I have no interest. So instead, it's a, you know, honey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay down. I'm so tired. You know how when you're tired, you have to lay down? I'm going to lay down. Um, you can bring a book. You can bring, you know, maybe her tech time, you know, iPad, whatever. And you can lay down next to me and, you know, let's set a timer or let's set the clock. And in about 30 minutes, we'll get up or an hour. And, and what, when I'm saying this to you, mom, I don't know for sure that'll work. Meaning I've had plenty of times when my kids were little that I was like, I'm going to go meditate and can you give me five minutes or please give me five minutes. And they didn't. They came in, still asked me a question or I'm going to take a shower. I'll be out in 10 minutes. And they come in while I'm in the shower. The thing is, is I view it now in hindsight. At the time, it was frustrating. But these are just little building blocks of I'm going to do these things. Here's what I expect from you. But because they're young and their brain is developing, sometimes they're going to do it well, but not every time. And even though you may feel frustrated in that moment, don't look at it as it's a failure or I'll never get a nap. Like you're teaching them in real time how to, and and then when they come in and ask a question, you may want to say, remember how I said 10 minutes? I will be out in a second. You don't have to then accommodate every need. But what I'm saying is a lot of parents will say, how do I get them from coming in the room? I, I These are human beings yeah. and they may not have the, you know, they may have heard you, but not heard you. You know what I mean? Like, and we sometimes need to reset those boundaries over and over, just like the kid who leaves their shoes out. And then we say, please put your shoes away. And the next day you're asking again, you are teaching them through repetition and through boundaries because yelling at them or being angry or giving up completely and saying, why bother taking a nap? Those are, those are the, you know, if we were to put them into parenting categories, yelling at them and and it becoming this demanding thing is what we call authoritarian parenting, where basically we're saying, I'm in control. I don't care where you're coming from. You're just going to do this because I told you. Completely giving up and saying, I'm not going to ask you anymore because what's the point? That's We often call that permissive parenting, which means you're not really asking them to engage at all. Mm -hmm. The middle place is called authoritative parenting, where you are asking for things or you are teaching them your humanity and your these are emotional feelings and you're, you're talking to them about it, but you are also taking their needs into consideration. Um, I feel like they should come up with a different word other than authoritative yeah, parenting. Yeah, I know. Because it's, it's too close to authoritarian. I just Googled it. It's a parenting style characterized by a balanced approach that combines high expectations and rules with warm support and responsiveness. It's considered to be one of the most effective and beneficial parenting styles. You and I don't subscribe to any type of parenting style, sweetie, but if we did, that would be it, right? Well, yeah, and you got to think about these things as umbrellas, right? They're really huge umbrellas. And so to Todd's point, Todd and I don't label the things we do. Like, you know, there's no, when people are like, what, you know, how do I be a Zen parent? I'm like, I don't know. I just talk about, I don't know, like, because Zen doesn't have a definition. What I'm talking about are undefinable things. Like, how do we in the moment deal with things? How do we take care of ourselves? And these are ongoing journeys. So there's no answer. Mm -hmm. It's like the great paradox, right? There is no answer to this question. 
But if we really had to put our lives under, you know, if we had to, authoritative is the big umbrella that, you know, the things we talk about tend to, tend, it tends to fall under for this reason. You are hey friends, who smarted? Did you smart, sweetie? No, it wasn't me. Uh, who smarted is the world's funniest educational podcast for families from history to science to pop culture. They make learning fun for the entire family. It's beloved by homeschool families and classroom teachers for its ability to spark conversation and natural curiosity. It's the perfect length for car rides or for fun educational breaks during the day. More than 300 original episodes, each under 20 minutes, and packed with great stories and real facts from the trusted narrator. A few of the most recent episodes are titled Why Are Blue Jeans Blue? What Makes Earth Able to Support Life? And What Are Crayons Made Of? You can listen to Who Smarted on any podcast app just search for who's smarted. And now on with the show. You are sharing what you need to. You are taking your humanity into account, but you are also taking your child's humanity into account. See what I mean? So it's like you can say, I need to rest, but you have to understand brain development wise, a five-year-old cannot respond in the same way an adult can. They're not always going to remember. They're not always going to, they may need you. They they may not have the ability to maintain that 30 minutes by themselves. Mm-hmm. And so what you're doing is you're, you're it's, it's like, pra- it's helping them practice, like grow their brain. Yeah. It's like, and it's helping you establish a sense of yourself along the way. You know, I know that, you know, as Todd Todd and I have been doing the show for almost 13 years and, you know, we've kind of, we tend to focus most on the things we're experiencing ourselves. So we don't talk about little kids as much as we used to when we started the show. But one thing that I know we talked about is that you're literally teaching them in real time how to interact with the world. Every conversation you're having with your daughter is teaching her how to not only have a conversation with you, but what it looks like to communicate effectively or you setting a boundary of I need to rest teaches her that it's okay to rest mm-hmm. sometimes. You saying, um, you know, telling her, wait a second, I told you that I needed 10 minutes and reminding her teaches her that you can have boundaries. Yeah. But so, but there is no, my big but at the end of every sentence is it doesn't mean it'll work every time. And that's the patience that we have to, develop in ourselves is we sometimes look at kids as tell me what to do I'll do it and then they'll do it that's not the way human beings work it, same with our partners yeah you know that's not establishing a growth mindset that's trying Thank to you. teach robots yes that's trying to or like write code yeah you know and humans are not code no we're messy so and things are different every day so your question is beautiful mom who wrote in and I would just say that the you know just to sum it up again switch the word support to understanding how can I you know teach uh, my daughter to understand me and and then how can you offer her the exact same thing understand her and those that mutual understanding and curiosity about each other is what builds a long-term relationship and allows people to make change because people don't change when they're being threatened. People change when they feel understood. Mm-hmm. So when I say make change, that they she may be willing to say, okay, I will play by, by myself because she feels fulfilled. She feels yeah. seen, heard, and understood. So she's like, okay, I, I can do that. This is a little off topic, but one of my favorite things in the world is I love my naps. And yes, you do. usually when I'm napping on the couch... I always, not always, if Skylar's around, she will notice and go put a blanket on me. And where did she learn that? 
Probably because I put blankets on her. Exactly. Like, this is the thing. Like, the whole idea, like, the things our children learn, and they can also learn it from friends or aunts and uncles. It's not always us, not everything. We have the capacity and the potential for the most amount of influence, good or bad. We do. And there have been so many times that the girls have fallen asleep on the couch or in the car and we cover them up or carry them to bed and they have learned that that feels good. So if you give your kids that love and support and they feel it, they offer it to other people and not just to you. They offer it to their friends, to a significant other, to, you know, other people in their life. And it's really the whole idea of that, you know, the, the, the whole idea of I'm going to yell at you so you become a kind person, it just, that doesn't make sense, everybody. And I'm using that as a metaphor or analogy for every other idea. Well, I'm just going to say this one more thing and then we'll move over to the last topic of the okay. show. Um, I'm poloing with a friend of mine and he was disappointed that his son got regressed right before finals and his, oh, half of his A's turned into B's and okay. he feels a need to like teach and he even used the word discipline, which I'm not a big fan of that word. I'm so always, half of his A's turned into B's because of what? Because he slacked off during finals. Got it. Oh, so finals. All yeah. right. So I'm always like, it's discussion, not discipline and all that. And he, um, one thing I, I said, which I think is super powerful, and I don't know if we learned this from Julia Lithgott-Hames or maybe he learned it from you, sweetie. But to, and what I said was, think if this person who just turned his A's into B's was your nephew. Uh, was that from you? Yeah. You came up with that? A long time ago, That's yeah. That's good, sweetie. Thank you. Um, I feel like I may have heard it. After you told me on another, so maybe your word is getting out there because I, I feel like. Well, reason. we talked about this like seven years ago. Yeah. This was, we did a show about it. I'm not saying I came up with it in the universe, yeah. but as far as you, yeah. this is something you and I talked about on yeah. a show. Um, and it's just such an interesting perspective shift uh, because it almost like removes a lot of the parental baggage and you just treat this person like a person instead of somebody that you must guide into the real world so that they could go make money and blah, blah, blah. Well, and this came up in a women's circle a long time ago because a woman in my women's circle was saying that she was, she was a teacher. She was an art teacher and she would go to class and these kids who were having a lot of struggles, they were like overly sensitive and, you know, because they'd work with art materials. And so sometimes they wouldn't like the way things felt or they didn't like the way that, you know, the things they had to do that were messy. And and my friend who was in the women's circle was like, and I'm so patient with them and so yeah. calm with them. And she goes, and I give them alternatives. And I say, you don't have to do this. And she's so, and then she's like, and I have a sensitive kid at home. And when my sensitive kid at home didn't want to do messy things, it drove me crazy. Yeah. She's like, why am I so different with my students? So in this women's circle, we started talking about like, who are the people that, you know, we started talking about nieces and nephews, how you, you know, when you sit down and talk to them, you're like, hey, what's going on? Tell me the things. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Right. And we're so totally curious. different energy. It's a totally different energy. Or like, you know, second cousins or or neighbors down the street where you like know their kids really well and you and why do we as parents have this like harshness yeah. with our kids? And, I, and, and it, how, how do you sum that up? Because I... I, I, I do know. I do have answers to I that. I subscribe but. to it. I'm one of those people. If it was my niece, I would be so much more patient than if it was my kid. Or maybe on my bad days, let's say. On my bad days, I'm grumpy and my one kid's disappointing me and my niece might... Uh, my, my one kid does something that makes me reactive 
And if my niece did some this the exact same thing, it would be less. I'd be less, less reactive. Well, we talked about this in the group and on the show that we did. The two most, there's lots of reasons, but the two most obvious reasons are, number one, as parents, we are the last line of defense with oh, our kids, okay, yeah, yeah. and the expectation falls on us to teach them all the things, to be there for all the things, to notice all the things. Not only do we expect that from ourselves, but society does. Yeah. So we have to be the people. So if they're overly sensitive, we worry about that yeah. and how they'll be in the world. The second thing is, is we have more, we love our kids so deeply and that we, and they're almost like, unfortunately, sometimes like a, a body part to us, like a limb, like we feel like anything they feel, we feel. Yeah. And so we're having these experiences that are like beyond empathic. We're like, we're carrying the weight of the world of our, you know, of our children's lives on our shoulders where when we're with nieces and nephews, we love them dearly, but we're not their parents. Yeah. So there's like that obvious, but the big, but is what I know for sure is that kind of connective relational conversation is much more effective with kids. And so as parents, if we could learn to incorporate that, it doesn't have to be everything. It doesn't mean that you can't set a boundary or there can't be consequences with your kids. But I have found, and, and I will, you know, I don't normally do this. I don't normally talk about, well, Todd and I say this and do this. But I haven't really struggled that much with having relational conversations with my kids and also setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people will say, well, if I do that, then I can't do this. And I, I don't know why that is. Yeah. It's like people who say, well, my partner's my partner, but they can't be my best friend too. Why, why not? Like, I don't, I don't understand the limits we put on relationships. And I'm not saying you can't have other best friends, but why, why do we make these pronouncements about mm-hmm. if you are this, you can't be this? And now I will say with children, I feel like my, my children are, two of them are adults now. They are like friends. I mean, I'm sorry, but we talk about everything, but I am still their parent. I'm not trying to be their best friend and I don't ever need to be their best friend, but they are my friends. Sweetie, you want to talk about best, fr- best friends? You just- Classic. We are back. That's we right. are back. We are getting Doug back. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. And we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. We're the best. You know what? That's what I sing to the girls every night before bed. We, Except I would have to say four best friends. We tell our audience what that was. Oh, that's from The Hangover. Did that's, he make that up yes, in the moment? Yes, that was impromptu as was oh Stu's God, song. Oh my God, that was so good. If you guys like The Hangover on our pop culturing podcast, which you'll see in the show notes, we have a whole nother podcast, everybody. We did The Hangover and it was oh, really fun. And we're doing Field of Dreams for Father's Day and we just did It's Complicated for Mother's Day. And I watched The Hangover last night before I went to bed. And Todd, you were asleep in two minutes. I, no, no, honestly, sweetie. It was like 14 seconds. I know. That's what I mean. I thought you were just about to talk about no, the hangover. No, no, be, So we, and maybe this will be a transition okay. to the last segment of the show. Um, we had, I, I led a men living meeting on Thursday. I had a birthday party for myself on Friday. My nephew graduated Iowa State on Saturday and our daughter graduated uh, high school yesterday. Uh, yesterday, And then a lot of people came over afterwards. And we had a big party afterwards on a Sunday, which is weird because our Sunday, sweetie... <laughs> 
are usually very low key. Very. Bed That's like cleaning day. And I honestly, I'm sure I'll recharge my battery, but I am feeling old. Oh my today. god, me too, Todd. I am so exhausted. I and I actually yesterday in the middle of it was post graduation, so much emotion, so many things, and I hit a wall, and I had to sit in the kitchen for a while with some of my best friends, and and have and I told everybody, I'm like, I have hit a wall, so sit with me. Mm-hmm. And then it was really weird. It was like second wind, you, you know. Recharge your battery. We buy like. I think it was like nine o'clock. We were sitting out by the fire. A lot of people had left, but there's still some people there. And I was like, this is the best I felt all day. Mm-hmm. And of course, my sisters are like, well, that's because you're done. Yeah. You know, now you can just relax. But um, it was it was a lot of energy. So, Todd, I, I just want to say this first, because I had to say this to Cameron, because Cameron had a headache th- through most of the party. and She was so mad about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, please, I don't, you know, again, I'm never like, this is why you have a headache. But I often will say, consider the fact of the crazy weekend that we've had, that your senior year has come to an end, that all these people you love so much are in one place that, you know, she's she has this wonderful group of friends that she's, you know, just loves so much and that there's so much energy and emotion around this time of year. And I just, sometimes when we don't feel good or we feel tired, we're like, what's wrong with me? This should be the most, you know, emotion takes a toll. Yeah. And it, you know, it's like, it weighs you down because... You're feeling, even if you're doing your best to get it out and to grieve and to cry, emotions are energy. Yeah. Energy and motion. That's what an emotion is. So, you know, Todd, it's no wonder, besides just the literal us being like partiers for the past three days, um, it's also just emotional. Yeah. Okay. So, All right, what do you got? Okay. So I was in the shower just thinking about this analogy because I was thinking about the fact that it is graduation time and Todd and I are going through a lot emotionally and. Um, and so many people around us are, and this is not just about graduating high school, you know, parents whose kids are graduating from preschool or kindergarten or fifth grade or eighth grade, you know, it's, they're all milestones. Every year is a milestone. And I was thinking about, there's this guy on team Zen who's having a baby next month. He and his, uh, wife are having a baby and he, he's asked us on team Zen. He's like, you know, I'm having this weird experience where my wife and I are really busy all the time and we're like having to buy things and do things and I'm finding I don't have as much free time for myself and I'm feeling a little overwhelmed and the baby's not even here yet, you know? And, you know, he was just basically asking, what do you guys think about that or or what should I do? And the bottom line is, is I, I basically said to him, everything's changing. Like your brain is changing. Your brain is rehardwiring to become a parent. Your life and your time is changing. The structure of your day is changing because this baby is coming. And there's nothing wrong with that. And w- why I'm saying it that way is I think sometimes when we're transitioning or changing, we're like, how do I keep all these feelings from happening? Mm-hmm. You know, I must be doing something wrong if I feel sad. I must be doing something wrong. You know, like Cameron, if I have a headache, I must be doing something wrong. If I feel overwhelmed, you're not doing anything wrong. It just is what it is. And and I know, it, like, when I first, you know, when I had JC 20 years ago, and I spent the first month like being afraid to go out because I had a new baby and I didn't know what I was doing. And, and you know, I, I remember seeing people go by the window and they're with their, with their babies in the stroller. And I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. Like, how do I get the baby in the stroller? And now in hindsight, I have so much compassion for myself because that's exactly everything in me was changing. My life, my body, my daily experience. And, and we, and I didn't, I wasn't doing anything wrong. It just was what it was. And if we had more, maybe less worry about it 
and more understanding, again, just like the, you know, this woman's question, um, maybe it would be less overwhelming because I think a lot of times the reason we feel overwhelmed is because it's, we don't think we're normal. Yeah. And I don't even know what that word normal means anymore, but we think there's something wrong with us, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I wasn't planning to share this, but this, um, uh, Peter Atetia or whatever, the guy that I mentioned, Mm -hmm. he's a psychologist, but he has this clip about self-compassion, which I think is pretty powerful. Okay. How long is it? I I can't tell. I think it might be a minute. Okay. All right. Single day. Let me restart it. The most important realizations I ever had when I was at PCS, which is what my inner monologue sounded like. I called that Bobby Knight. Coach Knight is going to strangle you if you make a mistake. This exercise that they had me do there was one of the most powerful things I've ever done. Every single day, two or three times, something is going to happen that's going to prompt you to want to scream at yourself. Take out your phone and record a message, but look into the eyes of your best friend and pretend that they made that mistake. What would you say to them? Hey, Peter, I know it's frustrating. You you just didn't have a good drive today, but you know, I think, I think there's a lot on your mind today. And, and I mean, the first two times I did this, I was in tears because it was such a shift of how kind I would speak to that person. And in just four months of being mindful of this every single day, I don't even remember. It's so hard for me to remember Bobby's voice. Mm. This was one of the most. So what I will say to that is that, and I love that by the way, I think that's beautiful, but I, I'm even trying to take it to a deeper level of you didn't make a mistake. Yeah. Do you see, do you see what I mean? Like, and I think the same thing he said applies, yeah. but sometimes we make a mistake. It's very literal. We said something cruel to somebody. We dropped the ball. We forgot to pick someone up and we really do have to apologize and, and also then in turn have compassion for ourselves. But sometimes just like I feel overwhelmed. I shouldn't feel that way. Baloney. Mm-hmm. It's okay that you feel overwhelmed. Like, and you don't need to. You can do things to help yourself calm, like, you know, go to bed a little earlier, but you don't need to solve it. Yeah. It's not, you can support yourself without thinking, wow, I really messed up, mm. you know? And I have a lot of experience with this, again, you know, with headaches. Like, I used to beat myself up and be like, I didn't do it, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not something I chose. It's not, you know, there's a lot of things in life like that. But this is my last analogy, Todd. It's the thing I, I noticed in the shower is that, you know, having a daughter graduate from high school and, you know, she, like I said, she just, there's just a lot of joy around her right now. And she's learned a lot of things in the last year and just had a lot of wonderful experiences. And, and it wasn't always that way, you know, she's had many difficult times as well. And so that's why it makes this kind of sweet, you know, where Todd and I are like looking at her experiences and going, this is what, what we knew would happen. You know, this was the plan. This was the plan. And but along the way, there was like a mountain to climb. Right. Like every person not it has nothing to do with our daughter. This is not an our daughter story. This is a human story of along the way. Picture yourself climbing a mountain and it's hard and it's difficult. And sometimes you think you're going the wrong way. And sometimes a path ends and you have to find a new path. Took that from Dr. Campbell from yeah. her speech the other day. I love that. Because you're sometimes a path doesn't work out the way you think it's going to. And then then you take a new path. And then all of a sudden, I'm just cutting to the chase here. You're at the top of the mountain where in many ways her graduating and starting this new chapter at Iowa is, you know, you're like you're at the mountain. And then part of you wants to be like, well, why haven't I been here the whole time? Mm-hmm. 
But that's not how it works. No. We get to the top of mountains when we've done a really difficult climb, not a self-imposed difficult climb. You don't have to take a different trail to push yourself and you don't have to like put 10 backpacks on to make it harder. Life has its own challenges. Yeah. You don't need to make them up. You don't need to make it hard. And then you get there and you look around. And so some people will say, well, then that's it. Well, of course not. Cause look at, look how many mountains are yeah. out there and you have to climb those too. Yeah. It made me think of like the only way out is through. Exactly. Um, and there was something else I was going to say about mountains. I don't remember. Who knows? My brain's shot. Well, I know poor sweetie's so tired. Um, but I just liked that analogy. Cause what I know for sure is I don't now look at my daughter and go, she's got it. She's done. She has to go to college now. Yeah. She has to go meet that's brand whole, new people. A whole she mountain. has to start all over again. So she's starting on another mountain. Now starting a mountain can be really fun too. It can be beautiful. You can see new flowers. There's new smells. There's new weather. So it doesn't mean starting a mountain is awful. It's all about how you perceive it and how you see it. But along the way, there's some difficult trails. But do you know that rather than think there shouldn't be any difficult trails? There, of course, there should be. Well, and one thing you mentioned that I think needs to be highlighted is I think a lot of times, even me, um, sometimes I'm like, I will maybe manipulate a system to make it harder to make sure my kid learns the lesson. Yeah. And or you wear like a, a heavy backpack when you take a walk yeah, to make it harder. Make it harder. I wear my heavy bag, <laughs> my heavy vest. Um, and what you said was true. Life is freaking hard mm -hmm. and wonderful and wonderful. loving. Mm -hmm. We don't need to create the hard for our kids. No, we don't. Life, go try going to school. Mm -hmm. Once again, school is eight meetings in a row that you don't want to go to. That's yeah. not an easy thing to do. Um, be, it's not easy to be a toddler. It's not easy to be a teenager. It's not easy, easy to be a grown-up. And uh, our job is to just make, for me, my job is to make sure my kids know that I got their back. And a lot of people are like, well, I got their back. I just want them to do well, and I want them to get A's. Like, no, 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 no. Make sure that they know that you actually have their back. Mm -hmm. Because if you're just another obstacle, of course they're going to resist. Of course they're going to remove themselves from be sharing anything vulnerably of with you. Of course they're going to disconnect. Yes. They're, they're going to be, if you are an obstacle in their life, yeah. and I don't mean someone who challenges them and, and reminds them of everything, like... There's obstacle is a really strong word. Obstacle means somebody who's judgmental of them, who makes them feel worse about themselves, yes. who's constantly telling them what they're not doing, who's saying, you know, are you getting all A's? Where'd that B come from? Like if you are someone who challenges their existence constantly, mm. of course they're going to try and go around you. Yeah. Like in every way, shape and form, hide things from you. It's, yeah, it's just yet another thing that you have to deal with. Exactly. And the thing is, is this doesn't mean then you have to, it, parents always swing way too high you know, too far. And they're like, well, then I can't tell them anything. Of course you can, yeah. but have conversations with them. Allow, ask them questions. If something goes wrong, ask them first, what happened? You tell me about it first. Well, and, you share with me first. And a rule of thumb is the, the, the question word why is probably, I mean, you can use why, but it, it can really easily be uh, abused and weaponized. Like, well, why'd you do that? It, okay, right? so you know how we change the word support to yeah. understanding? Yeah. You don't say to your kids, why? You say, tell me about your experience. Yeah. That's still a why question, yeah. but the word why, like Todd right. said, has a connotation of, I don't understand you. Why would you do this? Yeah. Versus, okay, you know, say they got in trouble or they did get an F or whatever. 
tell me about this yeah. because there's probably a pretty interesting story. For sure. Like our kids who They're like if they're struggling or they, you know, got a bad test, there's usually and sometimes it's sometimes it's about they didn't get enough sleep. Yeah. Sometimes it's about I studied the wrong thing. Sometimes it's about the teacher didn't tell us what was on it. Yeah. I don't then call the teacher and say this isn't deserved, but it's a good way to say to my kid, yeah, sometimes that happens, you know? So I know we're finishing up, yeah. but again, I want to end on the note of you know, in your own life and in your kid's life, see life as this beautiful journey of, you know, I don't even love mountain climbing. I, I, I just like the the visual of it that sometimes we're at the top of a mountain and we're not supposed to stay there. Yeah. And it doesn't mean then we have to start all over in every way because we've already climbed a mountain, so we know we can do it. Yeah. So the next mountain is is more enjoyable, more fun, maybe less overwhelming. But there are more to climb. And we don't want to stay on the top of that mountain. We want lots of life experiences. And so every year I think about, okay, there's going to be some times when I'm on top of a mountain and sometimes when I'm starting over. And if you don't want to think of it as mountain climbing, think about it as a hike, a walk, you know, a journey. Um, Maybe it's from one flat place to another flat place. But I just like, I think when we're standing on a mountain, we look over. It's like you can see the beauty of the world. So... Um, so for those of you going through graduations, changes, it's okay. Like we're with you. Like we're all doing this and the common humanity piece I think really helps. Sure. Uh, I want to thank our partner, Jeremy Kraft. I saw him on Friday. He's at my house. Yes. He does painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. So if you're in the Chicagoland area, you got any projects around, uh, give him a call. 630-956-1800. Kathy's got an amazing book called Zen Parenting. Order it. Buy it for uh, the dad for Father's Day. Yeah, all the things we talk about in the show, if you want it all put together in one book, we got it. Uh, Team Zen, don't forget about that. 25 bucks a month, cancel at any time. Men Living, Todd Adams Coaching, one-on-one coaching for guys. Lots of different things cooking. So all the links can be found on our resources page, which is in the podcast show notes below. Um, Everybody just keep on trucking. Let's bring in our beautiful music. We love you, everybody. Thanks for listening. That's right. Adios. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review. We are grateful for your support. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen Circle, our very own app that includes our virtual community, exclusive content, and support from us. You could also purchase Kathy's award-winning book, Zen Parenting, Caring for Ourselves and Our Children in an Unpredictable World or subscribe to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at zenparentingradio.com slash resources. And if you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we'll talk to you again next week.